0: Um, just give me a wave if you're awake. A yeah. couple <laughs> of people are awake. Um we just sang that song, Good Good Father, isn't it? And um sometimes we can sing without really thinking what we are saying. So I just want you to pause just for a moment and think, is God really your good good father? And do you know that He has many gifts to give to you? Um, I'm just gonna pray for us and, and say, Lord, thank you for this morning, thank you for the privilege. Of being together as a church family. And I pray, Lord, that you will use me and my words, um, opening up your word for us today, and that you will speak to us, and that you will encourage us from your word, Lord, and that we will know your love and your presence and your joy and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so we have just started another new year, 2024. and I don't know if, if you are the same, but when and the older I get the quicker the years go and I just feel where is time going um, but I want to ask you have you got any expectations for 2024 have you thought about 2024 and um, that's actually my word for the year expectation brilliant oh then I know now, now I have to share this now I had a different message in mind till about Thursday and um I just, it just didn't feel right and, and it's hard, when, because then you have less time to really think about a message. But um, I had a message in mind, and then I changed it to expectations. So there oh, you yeah. go. Um, yeah. And I want to ask you, apart from having expectations, do you have any from God? You know, i are saying, God, this year, this year, Lord. Or have you got any expectations for yourself Or for the church. You know, you are part of a church family. And you should be thinking, God, where do you want to use me in this church? Or what do you want to do with this church in our community? Um, Now, as children, maybe some of you adults are are worse than children. But as children, you really look forward to your birthday, don't you? You're you're excited about it. And you're thinking, "Mm, I wonder what presents I'll get. Um, You count down the sleeps impatiently. You look forward to the party and you hope to have the cake that you ask for and um, you do that with much excitement but maybe as adults not so much anymore Um, but you know your birthday is still a special day and um, whether you celebrate it massively or in a small way the day is still somehow different and it's not really in my notes but I really found to say I've got a couple of friends who just go don't do birthdays And I just think, you know what? That's the day God had intended for you to be on this earth. And that is the day that the Lord has made. And whether you were planned or whether you were in a family where you grew up happy and and joyful and had everything you needed. Or whether you struggled and really suffered in your childhood. God planned for you to be here today. God planned for you to be born. So celebrate your birthdays. But like I said, some of you maybe say not so much. And, you know, you go, I don't do birthdays or please don't give me anything. And then when someone gives you something, you go, you shouldn't have. But, you know, I'm sure you're all very grateful for messages, for calls, for Facebook posts, if you use Facebook or nowadays X or Instagram. Um, and you do think it is quite nice to get those messages. And I think if you're honest with yourself, it's lovely to receive, whether it's in a big way or just a little gesture that someone remembered your birthday. So I want to just encourage you today that God loves giving, that God wants to give, that God wants to bless, and that God wants to be good to you. And you have to let him. Um, You know, and I do believe God gives you what you need. I don't think he gives you just enough, he gives in abundance. And I'm going to look at that today by looking at a few stories in the Bible. So my question today is, have you stopped hoping? Have you stopped expecting? Have you stopped receiving? Or are you hoping for this year? Are you wanting to receive from God? Are you excited and expected of what he has for you for this year? And maybe if you are visiting here, I won't let you put your hand up today, but if you are visiting and you're not quite sure where you stand with God or believe in God, do you maybe think, I can't receive from God? God wants to give to you as well. So I'm going to look today at John 2, verse 1 to 11. If you have your Bibles, you can follow. I'm not going to read the story. I'm going to just talk through that story, but you can do it at home and if you have walked with God for a very long time and I know my my elders normally can write the Bible off by heart mm-hmm. and you might already go oh John 2 is um, but I'm going to talk to you about a miracle that happened that Jesus did and it was his very very first miracle at the wedding at Cana and here was Jesus he was at the wedding the disciples was at the wedding Mary his mother was at the wedding and um, who thinks weddings are stressful? Who's had to plan a wedding or be part of a wedding? So, you know, if you think weddings are stressful today, in those days it was probably even more so because um, everybody came to the wedding and the wedding wasn't just about the bride and the groom. It was about two families merging together and everybody came from all over and um, it lasted for several days. And who was at the wedding kind of gave people an idea of where your social status were, where you stood in society. It was a big thing and it was a big celebration. Um, There might be some of you who watch the series Chosen. And one of my favorite episodes, there were were many amazing stories, but is the wedding. Just the way they depicted the joy, the the food, the singing. It was just, wow, is that what it would have been like in those days? So I want to encourage you, if you want, to just follow the life of Jesus in a little bit more of an informal way to watch The Chosen. Um, But if you notice at this wedding, what happens? They run out of wine. And I'm thinking, you know, in the scheme of a wedding, it's a big thing that they run out of wine. But in the scheme of life, it's not the end of the world. Yet for them, it's a big thing that they run out of wine. There's no mention of illness. Because when we think of miracles and what Jesus did, we think of illness, don't we? We think of someone that needs saving. And none of that is mentioned here. But Jesus still performs a miracle. Because Mary, in in faith, asked him to do it. And although Jesus says, it's not yet time, and perhaps he thinks, this doesn't really call for a miracle, um, he goes ahead and performs a miracle, because Mary in faith said to the servants, do what he tells you to do. And um, so I don't think Jesus here, when he says to his mother, and um, what does he say? He says, woman... Um, why are you involving me, doesn't he? And I don't think he's disrespectful or rude her. He loves her, he adored her, but she knew all she needed to do was ask and have faith because she knew who Jesus was. And I love this miracle because there are miracles in the Bible where you just get a snippet. This is wrong, Jesus does something, the person is healed. But you get more detail in this um, miracle about what Jesus does. If you follow in your Bibles, you'll see it says in there that um, they ran out of wine, and it tells you that in at the wedding were six stone jars, and each each jar held twenty to thirty gallons of water, and if you let's say six, let's say there were twenty five gallons in each of them, six times. 25 is 150 gallons of water. Now, if you're from the old school, you'll know exactly what gallons are. I have no idea how much gallons are. are. Um, <coughs> but if you equate that to the day in litres, it was 675 liters of water and then i took the liberty of bringing an empty bottle of wine (laughs) so we know we don't have alcohol on site um so this is a bottle of wine today so if you equate the amount of water that were in the jars then was um 900 bottles of wine (laughs) How many of you have been at a wedding where there were 900 bottles of wine? And it actually says in the Bible, John, the, the writer says, the, the water jars were filled to the brim. So that was a lot of wine. And um, the, Jesus turns the water into wine, to 900 bottles of wine. But it doesn't stop there because then you read on and you find out that this was the best wine. And traditionally, at a wedding, they served the good wine. And then once everybody was a little bit jolly, the wine was not so good anymore. But Jesus goes on to deliver the best wine. And that draws the attention of the master of the banquet, who notes that. And we read in verse 11 that Jesus's glory was revealed. We never see a miracle where it wasn't about God and his kingdom and Jesus, but his glory was revealed. So he did this miracle in abundance. He could have just made sure everybody had another glass of wine, but he produced 900 bottles of wine. So I want to say Jesus is in the business of doing things abundantly. Mm-hmm. One of my other favorite stories in the Bible is, is from Exodus 16, where the Israelites are in the desert, and God gives them manna for every day, fresh bread. Now, um, If I remember correctly, the Bible talks about that it tasted like wafers of honey. It wasn't just stale, dry bread, but he um, gave them manna for each morning. And the Bible says they collected according to what they needed, some much and some little, but they each had enough. And they weren't allowed to collect more than what they needed for the next day, because the next day they had manna again. And the only time they were told not to collect any was on the Sabbath, and there was plenty on the sixth day for them to collect. So Jesus gave manna in abundance. And then in Matthew 14, we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. What did he have? He had five loaves and two fish. And he turned that into enough food for everybody... But again at the end, when they collected all the leftovers, they had 12 basketfuls of um, bread and fish, I suppose. Um, And I don't know if you've done Christmas, and by about the 28th, you just think, I cannot have any more turkey. And um, maybe by day 29, the turkey's finished. But I think 12 baskets full would have lasted longer than that. And then Jesus dies on a cross, and he rises again, and he did Everything he came to do, but what does he do then? We read in um, John 21 he goes on to perform another miracle after his death, where he's with the disciples and um, encourages them to catch fish again. And they catch so much fish that the nets are too heavy to haul. And then he sits down on the beach and has a barbecue with the disciples. You know, that's the Jesus that I want to know. Not sometimes. The, the idea people have of God who's in heaven and who has a finger pointing at us and judging us. He wants to bless us abundantly. And you know, Jesus never did. You don't read about a miracle that he did sparingly or partly healed or partly saved. He did it fully. And he wants to restore you. He wants to build you up. He wants to give. He wants to bless. Um, and he wants you to enjoy all good things. And he provides in abundance. Like paradise isn't it when adam and eve were in the garden they had everything and more they needed they didn't have any need for a miracle and they god never intended for us to suffer so it's because of our own foolishness and our fall that we are struggling on this earth and you know what god continues to give every day now you might sit here and you might have a really difficult time at the moment you might be ill You might have family who are ill. You might struggle financially. And you think, where is God? What happens when you walk out the door in the morning? There's something in the sky that is there every single day. And I don't know why God decided not to make it as warm in Britain than in some other countries, but it's still there. It's the sun. The sun is a star of a hundred billion stars. And it's one of them in the galaxy. And they say that the sun's... Um, diameter is 1 kilometers sorry 1 million kilometers in diameter. At its core temperature, the sun burns at 15 million degrees Celsius. and at the outer circle or the, um, the surface, the temperature of the sun is 5,500 degrees Celsius we have a heat wave when well, it's 32 or 29 or 27 for some of you. And um, the sun is the largest object in the solar system and makes up 99.8% of the mass. And yet, the sun is close enough to give us warmth, to help us to grow, um, to to um, provide the sunlight, but it's far enough not to scorch or burn us. And it comes out, as I said, every morning faithfully, consistently, continuously, lavishly. And, um, you know, that's just the sun. How many more things did God create to give us every day? You know, in spite of the fall, in spite of sin happening in this world, God continued to give. You may have read Luke over Christmas, but you may have also read John 1, where it says the Word became fleshed, And came to live among us. Jesus came to live with us. He was the Father's gift to us. Again, we just sang, good, good Father. How good is God that he gave his only son to die for us on a cross so that we can have eternal life. And um, he gave us Jesus. But Jesus didn't come and give of himself. He gave himself on a cross. And then when Jesus went back to the Father, because the Father said, you are the Son of Well, please. You've done your job. Come and sit with me at my right hand. He gave us a comforter and a helper in the form of the person, the Holy Spirit, who is with us always. So, as a believer today, if you love God, if you trust God, if you read His Word, you've got to stand on His promises. You've got to stand on His Word. James 1 to 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. And if you have been a Christian long enough, if I ask you to tell me what is written in Ephesians 1, I'm sure you can tell me. But it says there, he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in heaven. So I want to go back to where I started about expectation and Mary expecting from Jesus. You know, I'm certain God knows what you want. He knows what you need, but he wants you to ask. He wants a relationship with you. Um, you know, he says in his word ask and you will receive. Pray continuously. Um, if you are um, a parent or you have parents, um, the only thing I could think of, because I have a goddaughter who never stops talking, and um, she's got an older sister, and someone have to say, Can you give your sister a chance? Is that okay? Yes. And then the sister will start being Within seconds, she tries to interrupt. And um, so I had this picture of you walking to school with a little child. And they're telling you about their friends and about what they did and what they're looking forward to do. And you're coming back from school and they're telling you more. And maybe their birthday is coming up as we were talking about birthdays. And they start telling you what they want for their birthday. Because they want to make sure you give them what they want for their birthday. And um, I've used this, this analogy many years because just God gave me this picture one day of a, a bicycle. But if you think about it, if you want to buy your children a gift for Christmas or their birthday, um, there are lots of different varieties of something. So if you think of a bicycle, you know, when you're talking to a your child, you're walking to school, they're talking about their birthday, and they go, Oh, Dad, Mom, I really want to a birthday. I'd love a bicycle. You're not going to go, mm, okay. You might go, so what color do you want this bicycle to be? How big do you think the bicycle should be? Do you think you've outgrown your smaller bike or should we have a similar bicycle? Should it have little wheels on the side? Will it have a basket? Will it have a bell? And I know years ago, I don't know if kids still do that, you have these ribbon things you tie on the spikes and when you drive it makes a noise and it... You know, it's colourful. So you have a conversation with your children about it. And it gives you joy to find out what they really want. You know what? God is like that. God wants you to be specific. He wants you to pray. Say, Lord, I really would like my own house. I've been struggling with and having to pay rent. But you know, Lord, my house should have a lounge. Because I'd love to have some friends over for coffee after church. And I don't really like a bath. So I'd like to have a house with a shower, so I don't have to redo the bathroom. You know, pray specifically and say to God what it is that you need. But do remember that God will also know what you need and what's more important. So He might not give you exactly what you ask for because it's not what He wants you to ask. And we'll we'll get to that in a bit. So we read in Matthew seven, verse seven to eleven: Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask? Matthew 11, 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, if you look at that verse in isolation, you might be a bit disappointed because God said, I can get what I ask for because it's all about His will. John 16, 24 says that. Until now, you've not asked for everything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. James 4, 2. You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. So I want to just very briefly before we end, um, talk about reasons why maybe you're not expecting. Maybe put that into your life in perspective. Why are you not expecting from God? Why are you not receiving from God? Or maybe why are you not even asking God? (coughs) Excuse me. I often do groups with new Christians or people are just on the cusp of um, wanting to find out about Jesus. And you know what? They don't feel worthy. They feel, I can't ask for myself. I've got to ask for other people or I've got to pray to God of ask for <clears throat> forgiveness for my sins. But I can't possibly ask about myself. And they feel that when they pray to God about themselves, it's selfish. So, but Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, God says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. See, God chose each and every one of you. He loves you. It's his pleasure to give and you are precious to him. And then he says in the Lord's Prayer, isn't there? Give us today our daily bread. We can ask for our daily bread because we are worthy in God's eyes. He sees us worthy and he wants to bless us and he wants us to speak to him because it gives him pleasure. <coughs> so our prayers for ourselves are not selfish. They're actually a sign of our dependence of God and a sign that we have a relationship with him. And it's a way of God blessing us because when God blesses us, we bless others and we're a blessing to others. So firstly, you may not feel worthy. Maybe today you think, I can't pray for things, God, because I'm not worthy of your love. I'm not worthy of your blessing. Secondly, you don't believe or feel that God can bless you and that God can give you. You know, mostly, our earthly parents try to be good parents. They want to give, but they don't always express that very successfully. (coughs) And maybe our experience of our earthly parents is not that good. It's far from being trusting and loving and unconditional. And because of that experience, it's difficult to see God as a loving father. And it's difficult to relate to him um, in a non-earthly parental way. So parents let us down, don't they? But God never lets us down. He gives because he says he will. He's true to his word. And you know, I've come to realise God doesn't always answer my prayers in the way that I expect it or in the way that I think it will come. And that's why we have to be patient because God will answer your prayers but maybe not in the way that you expect. And I was thinking, in a simple way, faith (coughs) is letting God do what he said he will do. Don't try and take over or tell him what he should do. So the third point is Maybe you don't receive because you do not seek the kingdom of God first. And it's not a condemnation this morning. It's just a reminder that we should always put God first. The Lord's prayer starts with your kingdom come, your will be done. God wants you to ask him what is his will for your life. You know, your blessings and your gifts, the things that God gives you is for his kingdom purpose and for his glory, not for self gain, but it doesn't mean he doesn't care about you individually Was another part of the Bible he says he gives you the desires of your heart as you delight in him but delighting in him means putting him first giving him pleasure, taking pleasure of him in your life and putting him first and do you delight in him See, what God wants to bless you with will bless you much more than what you think you should have. And you know, sometimes, I don't know if it's the same with you, you pray for something and you pray for a breakthrough and it doesn't come and it doesn't come, but you keep praying and you keep trusting and that very last minute the breakthrough comes or that very last minute the new job comes along or the very last minute the money comes in. But you know what then happens? You honour God and you glorify Him more and you know that your life is dependent. On him. So the encouragement here is choose the giver before you choose the gift. Don't ever yearn or long for the gift more than for the giver. The fourth point is you might not be ready for it. It's one we don't always think about, isn't it? God says he will reward you in the faithful before he gives you greater things. So my question to you is, what has God asked you to do that you haven't done yet? Because he's not going to move on with you if you've not done that thing he asked you to do. Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. If the servants didn't fill the the jars and did exactly what Jesus encouraged them to do, perhaps there wouldn't be... Why? Um, but that might involve some difficult changes. It might involve some challenges or some sacrifices. But maybe take today and the rest of later today, this week, and say, God, what have I missed? What have you asked me to do that I'm not yet doing? Um, I was thinking of an example that we all do at the beginning of the year. We all want to be healthy. And we all want to lose weight. That's just one of those things you see all over the place. But if you don't, you can't pray, Lord, Lord, Make me healthy. Let me be healthy. If you're not willing to cut out processed food and have a bit of exercise and um, not you know, sleep enough. Um, I struggle with that sometimes. But you, you can't expect God to do something if he's asked you to do something as well. Um, the other thing is some of you might be praying for a husband or a wife. Now let's say you say, God, I want someone that I can love. That they can love me unconditionally. That they will support me they will accept me who I am, that they will share life with me. But what happens if God gives you that and you're not ready for it? Will we slap it back in his face. We sometimes, if you think back of your life, God puts good people in your life, but because you are hurt, and because you are not ready, you reject that goodness, and you hurt them as a consequence. So you have to be ready to receive what God has for you, and what he wants to bless you with. And then the last one is, Do you want someone else's gift? Why are you jealous? Do you look at someone's life and think, God, I want that. Why can't I have that? That's much better than than my life. And James 4, 2 refers to it. I read earlier about coveting and, and wanting someone else's life. You know, God invites you individually to be in a relationship with Him and to encounter Him and to walk with Him. Yes, as a church family and as Christians, we share in the body and we share in life but God says in his word you have to work out your own salvation. You've got to choose to follow him and walk with him. Ephesians 2 talks about God's grace isn't it? That God's grace is free and if we look at another translation of, of another Bible translation it talks about God's unmerited favour. See God died on a cross for you he forgave your sins and he enabled you to be in his And it's through his grace or through his favour that you are saved. And I've learned in my life that the closer you walk with God, the more you get to know God and obey him, the more the favour grows. Jeremiah 9, 24, God says, But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and justice and righteousness. See you have to know God first and obey Him to allow that favour to grow and to know the plan and the purpose that He has for you. You know, sometimes you you go through life and something happens and you, I don't know, you may be offered a a job role, but then someone else calls you and offers you another job role and you kind of think, God, gosh, now I've got two of them and what what do I do about that? But God gives you favour. You still have to pray and see what His will is, but God gives you favour as you walk closely to Him. So my question to you is, what does God have for you? What is the dream that God's put in front of you? What is the gift that he has for you? you? Don't desire someone else's because someone else's might not bless you as much as it blesses them. I remember um, I was involved in another church and I had all these dreams and plans to help new Christians and form this particular group and do a couple of things. And I was living in Birmingham and I had a job offer in Ireland. And I kept saying no to the job of an island because I was going to do all these things at church. And one of my good friends and an elder in the church said to me, but if God's got a plan for you to do it, it will wait. It will happen when you are back here. Or it will happen in his time. Someone else isn't going to do it if it's for you or if you mean to do it. And it's things that we sometimes know, but we just, it just doesn't click. And I thought, oh, okay. So I went off to Ireland, and for three months I was working in Ireland, and nothing happened in the church in terms of that, that area. And I came back, and I still did it. But but I thought, but Lord, I want to do that. Why are you sending me away from it? But it wasn't yet his time, but it was still meant for me to do it. And Bill Johnson, a, 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 a well-known speaker and Christian and pastor, said the following. Our true dreams from God must be so big that without the support that comes through favour with God, we could never accomplish what's in our hearts. I'm going to read that again. Our true dreams from God must be so big that without the support that comes through favour with God, we could never accomplish what's in our hearts. We have to dream big. And don't compare your life and your gifts and your dreams with others, but just Um, ask God what you have to do with what he's given you and with the favour that he gives you and what you receive and go for that dream that he's put in your heart. You know, if any of these reasons are true for you today, perhaps you don't trust and believe that God can bless you or you don't feel you are worthy or you're not seeking him first or you're comparing yourself with someone else you know, God wants you to expect. He wants you to receive. And he wants you to have the blessings and the gifts and the plans that he has for you. So dream big. God is approachable and he has open arms. I love that song, Goodness of God. Because the, the, the bridge goes, I'm running into your arms. You know? And um, it talks about, it reminds me of the end of uh, Psalm 23. Where it says, our cup overflows and... We shall be in the house of the Lord for the rest of our lives. So know that God delights in you, that God is excited about you, that God loves you, that he knows that you are worthy and you are pure in front of him and that um, you, you can talk to him and that he gives good gifts. You know, the banquet master in the story of Jesus, story, the true story of Jesus turning water into wine, tasted and saw that it was good. What Jesus did was good. And in the process, Jesus' glory was revealed and Jesus was glorified. Psalm 34, 8 and 10 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So before you ask God what you need and what you want, maybe ask God what he wants you to have, what he thinks you need. And then ask God what he wants you to do so that you can see that miracle. Maybe you're waiting for breakthrough and you're waiting for God and actually God is waiting for you. And I said before, isn't it, we expect something and we pray prayers, but it might not always come in the way we expect it or in the time we expect it. It will become in God's way and in God's timing. But never stop expecting <coughs> and be excited about what God can do this year. So you can expect and see what God has for you. So I'm going to ask us to pray. Um, you can pray to God yourself, but if you maybe, um, yes, let's do that. I don't, um, Alistair's not here. I don't know any. anybody else here and um, who are your leaders. I know um, not, not but can, yeah. help, can help as well. But um, I'm going to pray for you and perhaps just as a gesture, open your hands and say, God, I'm willing to receive. But if you want to be here and you want to receive the Holy Spirit again, if you want to be full with the Holy Spirit and you want to have God's joy and God's peace and you want to be able to trust him and you want to be able to walk in boldness and um, share the gospel in your workplace, in your school. If you want to see this year as a significant, exciting year and seeing people come to Jesus, perhaps you can come to the front and we can pray for you. Um, You can sit in your chair and receive from God. But if you want to come forward and you want to be prayed for, please feel free to do that while um, I pray. And, um, yes. Lord, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. Thank you, Father in heaven, that you sent your Son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you that you died on a cross so that we can live and we can have eternal life. And despite the difficulties and the challenges on earth and the things that we go through, we can still expect from you because you bless us in the midst of our suffering and our pain. God, I pray that you will bless each and every person here, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will um, kind of inject in us a new fervor for you and a new expectancy of you, Lord. Because you say you give us what we ask for in your name, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for each and every person here who may have prayed prayers for many, many years but are not asking in your name. Maybe they're asking for the wrong thing or they're asking for something that is not yet time. And I pray, Lord, that you will give them confirmation today about whether it's something they need to continue to pray for or whether they need to let it down. And, Lord, if it's something they're praying for and it's not yet time, just encourage them to continue praying. But, Lord, I pray that we will have a... A real expectancy of this year of twenty twenty four. That it will be a year where, Lord Jesus, you, you you open us to new opportunities and experiences and um, and Lord you give us opportunities that we never thought we would have. And Lord I just pray that you will continue to fill everyone here with your Holy Spirit. Lord that you will um, that you will come in all your fullness and that you'll give us your peace and your joy. Lord, that you will fill us with new gifts. And Lord Jesus, that um, that your will will be done. <coughs> that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. Um, Lord, I pray um, for each and every person here who is struggling with an illness. Each and every person who's struggling with, with life, with maybe mental health issues, Lord, with financial issues, Lord. I pray that you will bring a breakthrough for them this year. Lord, you are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of forgiveness. You are the God of the miraculous, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for a miracle in their lives. We pray, Lord, most of all, they will trust you, they will seek you first, they, they will be in your presence and ask your will. And Lord, in that process, you will give them favour. Favour with you and favour with man. And the breakthrough will come. Lord, we're not praying and and believing in prosperity. We're just praying to a God that we know loves us and wants to give us what we need and what is good for us. So Lord, help us to understand when we don't receive what the situation is. Whether it's not the time whether it's not something you want for us because it's not good for us, Lord, or um, whether we just need to continue to pray and the breakthrough will come when we do the thing you ask us to do. So, Lord, we pray this in your mighty, mighty name. And, Lord, as we sing your praises now and as we glorify you and worship you with our song, Lord, may it be songs of truth. May we sing in spirit and truth and may we trust that you are a good, good father. And you go into 2024 with us and that your Holy Spirit is with us and your Holy Spirit helps us to be in your presence and experience your joy and your peace, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Stand and sing. Over to you.